Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome everyone to Good News here on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm Deacon Al, and I am here to uh, just talk to you for a little while. We have like 30 minutes uh, of time to share, talk about the readings from the Mass this weekend, and just things going on in the church life. And to answer your questions, if you have any, uh, please feel free to email them into us here at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org, and we'll be happy to answer your questions on the Catholic faith or Christianity in general uh, as best we can. A lot going on. Um, I come to you sort of a queasy of, of stomach uh, today. Not the flu, something much more interesting than that. I uh, I got into a bad batch of salmon a few nights ago. Yeah, <laughs> did not sit well. The uh, If you ever get tempted to try hot, spicy, smoked Norwegian salmon, and I won't say where I got it, it was a, it was a store. Um, I thought it was a good idea at the time. I was wrong. <laughs> I was really wrong. And went from, uh, from dinner to a meeting at church, of all places. It lasted about two and a half, three hours, and through the whole meeting, Stomach is just churning and nodding up and churning. And there's these, like like I swallowed a grizzly bear kind of growl coming out of my gut. And just as we finished the, the closing prayer, which, and I love to pray, but there are some prayers that you just can't finish fast enough. You know, and this was this was one of them. Uh, a fellow deacon was offering the, the closing prayer and he, it was beautifully done, beautifully offered, uh, but it was running just a little long. And uh, as soon as he finished, I said, I said, I have to leave. <laughs> and I bolted out of the room just in the nick of time and uh, just nauseous. And we won't get into all the plumbing issues. We'll just say it was a bad, bad night that lasted till about two in the morning. And uh, I'm still, I'm still sore from it. Uh, gut is still sore from, uh, from all the activity and, Still, kind of uh, roiling around from the from the salmon. Um, I tell you, hot, spicy Norwegian salmon sounded pretty good. wouldn't Wouldn't recommend it to anybody. So this is the best I felt in three days. So I'm glad to be here with you. And uh, we have right after this weekend, we uh, we have Valentine's Day. Now I realize that's not a church holiday. Used to be, but it's it's no longer. Uh, and if you my age remember when it was actually called St. Valentine's Day. And I've had a lot of people asking me, why did the name change? And it actually it changed quite a while ago. I mean, decades ago. And the reason is, you know, we it's going to seem kind of lengthy, but it's, it's, I think it's an interesting uh, situation. We don't choose, uh, we don't choose canonized saints the way we used to. We don't, choose the saints of the church. And by the way, there are tens of thousands of uh, identified saints in the church. But it used to be by uh, proclamation, just acclamation of the people. Somebody who lived a good life, uh, maybe he was a, a, a local, he or she were a local hero in the town, religious hero, uh, someone that everyone liked, thought a lot of, they would just name them a saint as soon as they died. And we have some saints that uh, were not named by popes. We're not named by. We're not selected by 
by anyone in the hierarchy of the church. They were just acclaimed in general for their goodness. Um, St. Michael, not, not a canonized saint of the church. St. Peter, not a canonized. St. Patrick, not a canonized saint of the church. These were all uh, selected by proclamation. And among them were people like St. Christopher and St. Valentine. And the problem was uh, with this acclamation was the church doesn't have a lot of evidence. Nowadays, when someone's put up for sainthood, there's all kinds of hearings that have to take place, all kinds of documentation about how do they live uh, a a religious life, a a heroic virtue is the term that's used. How do they live a life of heroic virtue? And it takes documentation and witnesses and testimony this is why this is why we dig up saints. I mean, someone could have been dead for centuries and then brought up for sainthood, and part of the process is to exhume the body. Because we need to make sure they actually existed. Because there's some question with some of these early saints as to were they real people. Valentine is one of those. There's actually several Valentines that are that are considered martyrs in the church. There's more than seven. And which one is connected to St. Valentine's Day? We're not really sure. It comes down to kind of a couple, but we're not even sure if those two existed and if they were the same person or if they were different people and if their their legends got crisscrossed between them. We don't know anymore because that go, this goes back to like the third, fourth century. So we just, we have no way of of exhuming a body. We have no way of finding witnesses. We have very little testimony. What we have is legend. But because it was celebrated, St. Valentine was celebrated since the very early days of the church, it remained valid. It remained on our liturgical calendar as a a feast of St. Valentine's on the 14th, because these two that I talked about that are very similar in their their, uh, legends uh, both died, were both recorded as dying on February 14th. They were both Roman, according to their legends. They both, uh, one was a Roman soldier, one uh, just a Roman citizen. Both of them converted to uh, Christianity, baptized, both became uh, priests. One supposedly became a bishop, but again, we have, we have very little record on that. Um, they both found themselves uh, in Rome under house arrest where they were sta- they were being kept at the home of a of a noble person and the, and his family and in both these stories someone in the household was saved from a, a terrific illness in one case it was the daughter of the nobleman was cured of her blindness and in the other case it was just someone in the household was cured of a disease and because of that the families converted to to Christianity so that's what brought them to sainthood. Now, what, what brought the, about this romantic version of their feast was supposedly one of them, one of the, the two very similar Valentines, on the eve before his beheading, they were both beheaded, on the eve before they, they were beheaded, he wrote a letter to the person in the household who was cured. And he addressed, the, he started the letter with, your Valentine. And so Valentine's Day. But there's a lot of question about that because it wasn't treated as a romantic holiday 
for centuries after that. So take a guess at how it became a romantic holiday. Who turned it into that? Think 16th century poet, author, Geoffrey Chaucer. It was a poem from Chaucer where he talked about the birds gathering on St. Valentine's Day to choose a mate. And it was from this romantic poem that St. Valentine's Day became a day for uh, love, for, uh, for seeking out a beloved. So we owe, we owe all this to Chaucer, Chaucer and Hallmark, right? Hallmark played a big role in this uh, modern day. So we got lots of flowers, lots of candy, lots of cards are going to be used in just a couple of days to, uh, to tell someone that the, someone in your life that they're special to you. And it all goes back to the Catholic Church and St. Valentine, but he has been dropped now, just like St. Christopher and a few other saints, he's been dropped from the regular church calendar, still considered a saint. We just have no evidence of him. Uh, but we still, we still, if you look through the list uh, of, can, of lists of saints for the church, you'll still find a St. Valentine, at least one. And there's multiple. <laughs> so, so there's your, your quick history on, on Valentine's Day. And to tie that in with bad salmon, I mean, talk about an eclectic program, right? We, we give you a little bit of everything here. Um, we're also winding down the, uh, the season of ordinary time. We will be into Lent before you know it. More about that in our next program. But uh, Lent is coming, which means Easter's coming, and spring comes with that. So I, I don't know what uh, – I, I didn't hear what, what our uh, groundhog saw. Shadow, so that's more winter, right? Six more weeks of winter. If we're going to get six more weeks of the kind of winter we're having today, I'll take it. This is okay. This isn't too bad. We've been we've been pretty fortunate. Have Have you even shoveled, John? Have you had to shovel at all this year? Uh, I wouldn't shovel even if it's not. Uh, there you go. My grandfather. I may have mentioned this before. I I, I miss my grandpa. He was he was a, a hoot. His he had the same philosophy with uh, snowfall as well as with autumn. With, with the leaves falling. And he didn't rake, he didn't shovel. I never saw him rake or shovel. His, his philosophy was, uh, God put it there. If God wants it moved, he can move it. <laughs> and he never, I don't even think he owned a shovel or a rake. So uh, I just know that my, uh, my snowblower has not even been run once this year. So if we're going to have six more weeks of this, uh, I'll take it. That, that's great. Well, we've uh, we've about uh, run through half our show. Thank you for coming, everybody. Have a, we'd love to take you all home. And uh, uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna let you sit and listen to a few messages from some friends, and then we'll be back with more good news here on Catholic Spirit Radio. Stay tuned. Good news will be right back on Catholic Spirit Radio. This is it. The final performances ever in Bloomington, Illinois. This is the last season for the spectacular performances of the American Passion Play. The greatest story ever told. The American Passion Play brings Christian history to life with authentic costumes, elaborate settings, and live animals. There's intrigue, drama, friendship, and as the plot unfolds, betrayal, sorrow, and love. You must see the American Passion Play before its final curtain falls at the Center for the Performing Arts in Bloomington. Viewed by generation after generation, this is theater at its best. 
Performance dates are March 11, 18, 25, and April 1st, and each performance begins promptly at 1 p.m. Reserve your American Passion Play tickets today by calling 309-829-3903. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. Three Kings Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more. On the College Avenue Epiphany Church Campus in Normal. Three Kings Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. And welcome back to Good News. This is Deacon Al, and we're here to talk to you about the readings from this weekend's Mass and to answer any questions you might have. I'm, I'm so glad, John, that I don't have a homily this weekend because I wouldn't know where to start. There's such great material in today's reading. I, I could easily spend 15 minutes or, or more uh, on any of the readings and still not even begin to glean what's in them. So what we have are really, to my, to my reading, very, three very distinct messages, uh, very distinct lessons. What, that's good because it's ordinary time. That's what this is supposed to be, is a, a period of growth for us to really dive in to our, to our faith a little deeper and, and learn something more about it and just continue to grow as, as disciples. And I find a different lesson in each reading. The first one is uh, from the book of Sirach, and, and a lot of people don't know who Sirach is. It, it's not a terribly large book. And it's not in all Bibles. This is one of those books that's been uh, that's in the apocrypha, uh, as they would say from the, um, our Protestant brothers and sisters. So they don't see this as a uh, as a book that's uh, God inspired. But I certainly do. As I read this, I think this is a really important book, especially this particular reading out of Sirach. If you've ever wondered about free will, we have a, a lot of people who talk about free will without really understanding what free will means. It doesn't mean the ability to do anything you want. I have free will. I can do, I can make any decision I want. Okay. Tomorrow I want to be an astronaut. That's not going to work. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not going to work. I can't just decide that. But what I can decide with free will is given a situation, I can decide to do good within that situation or do evil within that situation. And I decide that no one can make me do something evil. I can, I can say no to anything. No one can make me do something I don't want to do. Even God has chosen to give us this gift of free will that he says he will not even interfere with our decision. That if I choose to do something evil, God will not stop me. He will allow it to be my choice. And if I decide to do something good, God doesn't stop me. It's my choice. He's not making me be good. And that's a really important factor because if we didn't have that, we would just be robots doing whatever God wanted without any choice of our own. So if you were in love with someone, do you want them to love you back simply because you want them to love you back? Or do you want it to be by their decision? Do you want them to love you because they want to love you? And that's through free will. So if we didn't have free will, we would have we would not have love. 
So God is love, and so God gives us free will. And one of the ways we know that is is through the writings of Sirach. And the book of Sirach was actually written by, it's also called uh, Ecclesiastes, um, Ecclesiasticus, yes. And it was actually written by Sirach's grandson, who came upon the writings of his grandfather, who was a, a very learned rabbi and a very wise man. And so he wrote this book based on the teachings of his grandfather, Sirach. So today's, today's first reading for the sixth Sunday of Ordinary Time says, if you choose, you can keep the commandments. They will save you. If you trust in God, you too shall live. He has set before you fire and water, to whichever you choose, stretch forth your hand. Before man, uh, before man are life and death, good and evil. Whichever he chooses shall be given to him. Immense is the wisdom of the Lord. He is mighty in power and all-seeing. The eyes of God are on those who fear him. He understands man's every deed. No one does he command to act unjustly. To none does he give license to sin. The word of the Lord. So if you're wondering about where free will comes from in Scripture, this is the passage. This is the one that defines it, where he explains that God doesn't make you do anything evil or unjust, nor does he make you do anything good. We come to God on our own choice. But if we come to God on our own choice, then we leave God on our own choice. People say, well, how can a loving God condemn you to hell, condemn you to a life, an eternal life of torment? He doesn't. You choose. God gives you what you chose in life. He gives you in the next life for all eternity. If in the current life you choose God's love, then God allows you to be in that loving relationship with him forever. But if you choose to reject God, if you ignore that invitation of salvation, God doesn't cast you into hell out of anger or out of resentment. He says, you want to be separated from me? Okay, I will allow that forever. He gives us what we ask for. So if you're on the fence wondering, you know, do I want this relationship with God or don't I? Just remember there's, there's, consequ- there's reward and consequence to every choice. The reward for choosing to do good or choosing to follow good is an eternity with God, an eternity with love itself. To choose to reject God is a choice, and that choice has consequence. There's only two places to go in the afterlife. You're going to end up in heaven or you're going to end up in hell. And either one happens through our choice to be in a relationship with God. Reading two comes from uh, a letter from St. Paul to the Corinthians. We've been hearing uh, Corinthians quite a bit now throughout all of Lent. And Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, we speak wisdom to those who are mature, not a wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. Rather, we speak God's wisdom, mysterious, hidden, which God predetermined before the ages for our glory, and which none of the rulers of this age knew. For if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, 
What eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him. This God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit scrutinizes everything, even the depths of God. The Word of the Lord. So Paul's reminding the Corinthians that there's a special knowledge that that comes with faith. It's not a knowledge that everyone is going to come to. It's not a knowledge that everyone who comes to is going to fully understand, and that's okay. Because who can really understand God completely? We understand a little bit about God from what he's revealed to us through his prophets, through, uh, through Jesus Christ. But we still don't know it all. But what we know we can trust in. And what he tells us is that there is a glory beyond this life. And he proved that through the resurrection of Christ. And he invites us to join into that glory through our own resurrection after death. And that's a truth that, just as in his day, a lot of people didn't accept, a lot of people didn't understand, there's a lot of people today who still don't understand it. We're seeing more and more of that in our own secular society. We're seeing a lot of ignorance. Now, we're not calling people's names. Ignorance simply means a lack of knowledge. I'm ignorant about all kinds of things. Ask me a question about uh, neurosurgery. I know nothing. You know, there's there's a lot of things. Ask me about how to program a, a VCR. I know even less. Uh, I'm ignorant about a lot of things. But there's different types of ignorance. There's, there's invincible ignorance. Ignorance that can't be overcome. Uh, for instance, there are things in there there are there are things in this world I know nothing about because I've never been exposed to it. You can't know what you don't know. So that would be that would be invincible. But then there's invincible ignorance, and we see this every day in our lives. This is a this is a lack of knowledge of something that you can know. In fact, it's a lack of knowledge of something of knowledge that could be easily acquired if some effort were made. I find religion or lack of religion in a lot of cases, lack of faith, comes from this vincible ignorance. How many people do you know, uh, they misunderstand God because they've never studied God. Now, is that something that no one can get access to? On the contrary. I mean, there's information about God everywhere, not just through scripture, but through uh, through church, through Bible study, uh, through the internet. There's a lot of information out there to be had quite easily. And yet many of us refuse to, to look into it. So we're surrounded by invincible ignorance, and it's causing us to make horrible decisions in our society. I, and this is, this is only well, just related to what I'm saying by a thread, but I still think it needs to be talked about. I, I learned recently that uh, uh, the FBI has now decided that Catholics, some Catholics, not all Catholics, but some Catholics are a danger, are terrorists, a danger to society. Just because of what they believe about their Catholic faith, they say it makes them a danger to society. Um, I don't want society making those decisions. <laughs> I don't want I don't want my federal government making those decisions. 
It's incredibly dangerous. And it comes from uh, this, in, this invincible ignorance of the faith. That they think, well, someone is unhappy with Vatican II, they're dangerous. Someone's unhappy with the current Pope, they're danger- they can be dangerous, they can be terrorists. Well, that's nonsense. Every parish is made up of people with different opinions about various aspects of the faith. It doesn't make them dangerous. It doesn't make them right, but it certainly doesn't make them a terrorist. And so I started, uh, someone said, well, what about all the um, pro-choice and Planned Parenthood facilities that have been um, damaged, vandalized by Catholics? I'm telling you, I looked, I tried to find some stories on it. I can't find anything within 10 years. I cannot find a single attack attributed to the Catholic faith or a Catholic even in years, years. And then I see a number that just since the year uh, 2020, there have been over 300 attacks on Catholic churches in the United States alone. How many arrests have been made? Less than 25%. Have even have led to an arrest, but I look. I do see. I do see attacks outside the Catholic Church on Planned Parenthood and pro-choice offices and things like that. And in every story, they've apprehended someone. Now, that to me, that I I don't understand that. How how can that be so imbalanced? And I have to think that we've got we've got people in authority who have a tremendous amount of vincible ignorance about the Christian faith and about the Catholic faith, about what we stand for, what we believe in. Uh, and it's been horribly politicized. In I have just a couple minutes left, but in, in the UK, there have been people arrested for thinking of a prayer in public. Um, it's craziness going on. For thinking a silent prayer, they've been arrested and fined. So, like, as, as Jesus is, is, as Paul is reminding the Corinthians, rather, in, in this second reading, that the knowledge of God is something special. It's, it's rare, and a lot of people still don't understand it today. You know, we'd, we'd get into the gospel, but I've talked too long. But I, I will tell you that one of the things the gospel is going to talk about is, and related to what we've been saying, kindness to others, about loving your enemy, uh, about not being, not seeking revenge, not seeking spite against against others, that it's our responsibility as, as disciples to reflect the love of Christ. And Christ doesn't love just Christians. God loves everyone. We're, we're all God's creation. And we all deserve the same dignity and the same respect and I, it would just be, that's, that's what I would ask you to pray for this week. Pray, pray that we, we learn to, uh, to love each other better. And as we head into Valentine's Day and you think about who's that special someone I love, I hope among your Valentine's list is, is Christ. And I hope among that Valentine's list of the people you love are the people you don't get along with because that's who, that's who you need to love the most. It's always a pleasure spending time with you here on Catholic Spirit Radio. Until next weekend, may Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life.
Good night. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.